Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chat. Okay, thanks for tuning in tonight. Hope you're warm, trying to stay warm. If you're out Christmas shopping... Good luck. Flyers lead the Blue Jackets 3-2 late in the second. Also late in the second period, Rangers and Penguins 1-1. Hurricanes now up 3-zip on the Devils. Maple Leafs still leading the Lightning 2-0. How about this? So two and a half minutes left in the second period in Toronto. Leafs are up 2-0. The shots are 28-6 for the Maple Leafs. Jets up 2-1 on the Senators. That's with about seven minutes left in the first. And uh, three games coming up later tonight, including the Flames and the Sharks. Oilers at Dallas tomorrow. That is going to be a tough one. Worry Pants hiked up to maximum level. Six o'clock face-off show. Game at 7.30. Cam and Bob will have the call. Cam Moon might be listening to the show right now. Kellen Kennedy. Special hello to Cam Moon in Dallas. Hello, and, and Cam. And anybody listening in the state of Texas, Cam's likely the only one. The stars at night are big and bright, <laughs> deep in the heart of Texas. All right. You can also email the show, inside sports at 630chet.com. We got Fred on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Fred, you talk now. Well, I tell you, Reed, I'm trying to stay warm here, but uh, the owners have more than one problem. Like the D, the goaltending... Uh, we need some sandpaper in the bottom two lines. I know we got cost in, but we need a little bit more than that. Teams know they can come play the Oilers, and nobody's going to drop the gloves ever. And it's kind of disheartening being a fan. And you know what? It would be completely unacceptable if we didn't get to the conference final or better this year. So I think it's up to Ken Holland to pull some rabbits out of the hat. Uh, he's making some pretty good money. He's brought in here to do a job, and I think it's time to go for it. You have to go for it it this year because without you know you make the wild card big deal you make the first round you get bounced out what good is that going to do so i think it's up to kenny holland to get her going well here's the thing i i agree and we've talked about i mean joel edmondson i mean look yeah you're gonna have to give up something to get something i know klingberg's been talked about uh chikrin could you find somebody else in the bottom six forward either with some grit and or speed i think that's something the others can use as well I, I do try to be realistic here believe believe it or not for a guy who talks about <laughs> comic books a lot I, I do try to be realistic, and of, of course, I, I think uh, a lot of you are frustrated, and I, and I don't blame you because, and I said this th last night, and I, I'm going to talk about it with Luke Gazdick a little bit later on. Ex like expectations should be high. Like I, I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't have a problem with having picked the Oilers to go. I, I think I picked them to to win the West. Even why not? Like like why not? Now. Uh, but I, I do want to like I, I don't the season is not a disaster. This, like, this is not a year where they've got you know eight wins at this time of the year or whatever. To me, it's four points. You know, four more points, you're probably feeling a little better. Six points, you're probably feeling a lot better. 
but still, those are points that have been there to get and haven't been achieved. I mean, even in the last, well, they could have won the last three games. They got two points. If they would have got all six, then you do have 40, and you're probably thinking like, hey, this is a pretty good run. But there are some flaws that need to be repaired. They're not, you know, 12 players away. They're, no, they're, they're probably probably two or three. You're right. All right. It's nice to hear from you, Fred. Take care. All right. 780-496-0063. Kellen, what do we have? Oh, we got uh, some text feedback, of course, uh, tonight on the thing. As I, you know what, Reed, I've lost the you, window. Kellen's lost. Oh, I got the window Kellen's back. Kellen's lost go. himself. <laughs> so, send help, everybody. Yes. Uh, send I, a rescue dog. I've uh, not the rescue dog from the first scene of the thing, because that's how it all started. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Everything uh, loops back to the thing tonight. Absolutely. So Jace texts in and says, I agree with you 100%. Turnovers is a big problem. Well, I'm glad Jace could. Somebody must think I'm an idiot. That usually happens numerous times during a show. <laughs> uh, we got Troy texting in too and says that the turnovers are easy to fix. Ban Dreisaitl from performing the no look backhand pass and it's fixed. It also seems to be contagious. And while we're on it, would it hurt for a few of these guys to block a shot? McDavid needs to learn to be physical also. If you're on the ice, that much throw your body and take a hit to make the, make a play. If he leads, the rest will follow. That is from Troy. I'm going to say something here. I'm not so sure that I would have McDavid killing penalties. Or maybe I wouldn't have him out as early in the rotation as he often is. Now, maybe once McLeod's back and Kane is back, that'll change. I understand there's a little bit of necessity. And I understand when you have a, a weapon like Big David, you, you'd like to deploy it as often as possible. But he's he's not going to block shots. And quite frankly, of all the things I could criticize Connor McDavid for, I, I'm not going to criticize him for not being a shot blocker. So if he's not going to be a shot blocker, does he need to kill penalties? I mean, I don't know. I'd sooner put him out you know, third wave or a late wave when maybe the, the power play unit's been out there a while and he might be able to steal the puck. I, I've had the, I don't know, something like that. Um, but no, that's a, the, who's that from? That's that was Croft, from Troy. Yes. And again, yeah. I'm picking, I know a couple of people said, well, they have a lot of problems. My, my Twitter poll was biggest problem of the ones I listed. I'm not saying that's the only problem. And those were kind of all defensive ones. If I could get rid of one thing, I would say, okay, turn the puck over half as often as you do. Or, you know, fine, there's going to be turnovers, but not, not the grade A ones where it's right near your own net or right at your own blue line and the other team comes back in. That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And one more for you from the big L tonight. He Great says, guy. Reed, why is everyone so upset about the Oilers' situation right now? After 33 games last year, they were 18, 12, and 0, whereas they, they, they are, I should say, uh, 17, 14, and 2 right now. You don't make the playoffs or win the Cup on December 20th. Kane will be back in mid to late February, and Holland will likely shed some underperforming players and fill a hole or two before the trade deadline. Take a breath, oil country. That is from the Big L. Uh, you know what? I, I, the Big L has caught me with my pants down, and I just double-checked. That, that is a, uh, a great point. After 33, no, that's he's a bit off. They were eight. Yeah, well, you don't know. They were. What did he say? They were after, 18, 13, after 33 and two. games. He's got 18, 12, and zero last year. No, that's wrong. Okay. 
After 30 games, they were 18-12-2. and two. Ah, okay. After are. 33 games, which is where they are now, they were 18-14-2. They were still going through that awful stretch. Right. Uh, so, uh, fair comment. They're two points behind where they were at this time last year. And uh, we were probably spending a lot of time around that time last year, which was early January instead of before Christmas because they had those games called off before Christmas, probably discussing some of the problems the Oilers were having at the time, some of which are the same as last year. I think some of them uh, are not the same as last year. So, yes, they're two points behind where they were last year, and then clearly they, they picked it up starting in late January. And and, may, and maybe that's all it comes down to. I, I mean, look, I, I guess we'll know by the end of the year if the Oilers after Christmas all of a sudden pick it up and, you know, comfortably, maybe not easily, but relatively comfortably make the playoffs, then we're going to be saying mid-April, oh, yeah, they, they knew they could put it together. You know, they, they knew they could put it together. But uh, I'm curious to see what Kelly Rudy and Luke Gazdick are going to say about that. Both of them are coming up in the next 45 minutes. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. For all the news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers and Stars tomorrow, 6 o'clock face-off show game at 7.30 here on 630 Chad. He joins us every week on Inside Sports, presented by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian, head to sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm well, Reed, getting ready for uh, the holidays and uh, Christmas on uh, Sunday and Christmas Eve Saturday that we're all going out for dinner, our family, so it's going to be a real festive time. Well, I, I'm sure you've planned it all around food, which I'm not blaming you for because I, I tend to do that as well. So I hope there are many delicious meals in your future. That's right. Food and families uh, getting together, so it's nice. Awesome stuff. Okay, well, good to have you on the show here tonight. I want to ask you about something that happened in a game last night. And Kale McCarr was being kind of pressured behind the net by Matt Barzell. And Barzell, I thought, got a stick on him. And McCarr yeah. went down, and the, and the ref puts his arm up. And then McCarr waves him off. And the ref actually said, no, there's actually no penalty. Like, he listened to a player who said, you know, I slipped, he didn't hook me, whatever. Yeah and actually changed his call, which you you rarely see a ref change his call, unless obviously video review or something like that. I cannot recall a situation like that in any level of hockey that I've ever seen something like that before. All right, so I'm going to give you a, uh, a story that uh, even my wife is, I'm in the kitchen here in Calgary, and my wife is sitting at the kitchen table uh, wrapping some presents, and she has not heard this story either. So she, this will be a first for her. So uh, I, at the NHL level, have never seen anything like what happened with Makar. But I was thinking back to a time my very first year uh, playing hockey, organized hockey in Edmonton. And you remember, Reed, I didn't start playing till I was 12. And so games would have started in around October and minor hockey week, I think is in January or February. Is that about right? January, February for minor uh, hockey week. Yep. Sounds right. Yep. And so uh, I recall this and it's a vivid memory of mine because I wasn't very good. And so we played outdoors all the time or maybe in a shell on occasion, but so we're playing in coronation arena 
So that was a real thrill for me to actually play in a uh, in a real arena. And it's during minor hockey week, and uh, there's a big goal mouse scramble, and the other team jammed the puck into the net. So it's clearly in the net, but it's a young official, right? The young guy. He was older than us, but not very old. And he did not see the puck go in, so the whistle blew, and the other team's saying, hey, the puck entered the net. And my team, my teammates are expecting me to say, no, it didn't. No, it did, didn't go in. I, I didn't have... I didn't have the courage to lie back then and so i i told the official yes in fact the puck did go and i let it in and so that's what i was thinking about last night when i saw mccarr doing that uh, you know the honesty is refreshing but maybe maybe uh uh and it's all about uh, you know sportsmanlike conduct and all that but uh yeah i don't think my teammates appreciated that i said it was <laughs> sorry how old were you how old were you again I was 12. Okay. And at what age would have you definitely not considered doing that? Like by 13? <laughs> oh, yeah. And like the next day or something, because I called my teammates saying, you don't have to tell them that it went in. And so uh, I think at that point when I finally realized, uh, yeah, okay, you don't have to be truthful. And, and that was just, that was me, right? I don't think I said a swear word until I was about 11. So that, that fits right in with my upbringing. Well, that's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. I, I thought the McCarr play was interesting because I would think most players would think, whatever, I got tripped last game five games ago, five years ago, and it didn't get called. So now I'm getting my way. And I mean, can you imagine the Oilers passing on a power play? I mean, some nights that's the only way they score, right? Like, And now can McCarr just go to the ref and say, oh, hey, he actually tripped me. So can, can I get a penalty now? Like <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. I don't think it goes ways. <laughs> I doubt it, but it'd be funny if you tried, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, good story. So let's transition here. We got the Oilers, uh, obviously losers of three straight. Well, I guess a couple in extra time. So 0-1 and 2. Uh, Calgary recently went five without a win. A lot of expectations for the two Alberta teams. Edmonton is uh slightly ahead of the flames the flames tie them with a win tonight though they're they're just one is barely in and one is barely out of the playoffs do you categorize this i know we're not quite at the halfway point yet but is is this an underwhelming hockey season so far for our alberta nhl teams how do you look at it yeah i i would say that's fair i i think both teams uh not only their management and coaching staff but the players i think if you ask them uh, to be honest, right to where we are today, December 20th, if they're where they thought they would be. Uh, I don't think after last season, uh, the Oilers or the Flames would be thinking we'd be just barely in or hanging on for our dear lives uh, for a playoff position and Calgary sitting just outside. So I, I think that going into the season, we all had really high expectations, maybe tempered a little bit with the Flames because of some of the... Uh, the changes to their lineup, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 quite surprised. I, you know, as you know, I'm a, an optimist, and I have always said many times on your show this season uh, that just give it time, and it takes a little bit of uh, time to rediscover your game sometimes. And I always go back to the old Al Arbor. You have to wait three months to really see what you have, and all those sorts of things. But in the position where they are today, I, I just never would have expected it. Yeah, and 
you know, and again, I, I'm seeing slightly underwhelming. I don't want to make it sound like it's a big deal. You know, the Oilers have 36 points. If they had 40 or 41 or 42, we're probably not having this conversation. Um, and, and I know, I don't know if it would be said out loud, but I would think there are Oilers in that dressing room thinking, okay, you know, we survived a stretch last year with two wins in 15 games. Like, we know we can do it. But but again, I, I just am at the point, and I'd say this for the Flames as well, you wonder like, okay, well, if you can do it, what, like, when are you going to start doing it? Like, game six, like game 61, like 50, like, you know what I mean? Like, how, when? Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And I do have experience in that. So the year... Uh, I was with LA that we went to the finals, 92-93. We got off to a great start. We went five or four, one and one. Then we went on a road trip and just couldn't find our groove again. But the entire time, I remember in January or December, we're all saying, oh, we'll find it. I mean, we'll get our game back. It just, we're just too good. And I think we were too good to be in that position. Then all of a sudden in February, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, we could be in trouble here. Like, it's just not happening. And then a couple of weeks goes by and we're in March and all of a sudden we're like, you know what? I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. And and that when that day came, I think we're all stunned. We're like, well, how did this happen? I mean, we're a good team and I don't see that for Edmonton and Calgary, but you never know. I mean, I'm looking at everybody in the Western Conference and the teams above them, I really don't see many of them sliding. Maybe L.A. because L.A., I mean, they give up a ton of goals. and it's It can be really good or really ugly for L.A. Everybody else, I, I just don't know. And St. Louis, St. Louis is only a point behind Calgary, and they're playing really well right now. I mean, uh, with the start that St. Louis had, I didn't see them climbing back to one game over 500 at the game 32 mark. So it's, it's really an interesting thing to look at the schedule and, and wonder, well, if, if Calgary and Edmonton are going to stay in this race, somebody's got to slide back. And other than LA, I don't see anybody else. Yeah. I, I will see what happens with Seattle, though. You're right. They can kind of continue here to keep going. I, I want to yeah. ask you one more Kelly Rudy joining us tonight on inside sports. Cause I, I put up a, a poll on Twitter. Sometimes I do that just for fun. Yep. And and I said, which of these, and I just, I, I narrowed it down to three choices, and they all have to do with goals against. I said, which of these is the biggest issue for the Oilers? Goaltending, positional defending, or turnovers? I mean, people aren't saying goaltending, because I think, you know, Skinner's been pretty good, and some nights Campbell hasn't gotten a lot of help, even though he's struggled. So I'm going to ask you this. As a former goaltender, this might seem like kind of a weird question, where you're like, really? But... If, if as a goaltender, would you sooner play behind a, def, a, a def, defensive team that just, you know, isn't good at stopping the cycle and gets lost in their own end? Or would you sooner play behind a team that could get the puck out, but then they turn it over at the blue line or in the neutral zone? Like, I know neither one would be pleasant, but is there like, which of those problems would you sooner have? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd rather sooner have the guys that just can't quite uh, figure it out in the, their own de defensive end, they can't break the cycle because to me, turnovers are the worst. They're, they're deadly and and they're so deflating mentally that, you know, you're coming out of your own zone and you either turn the, uh, turn the puck over at your own blue line or in the neutral zone and it's 
in the history of the game when you create those or when you turn the puck over it just ends up in your net and that's that's always been the case that's why coaches always harp on not turning the puck over or puck management whatever you want to call it and so those that situation drives me crazy i will handle if you can't break a cycle uh and you'll lose some coverage because then i can i still have a better chance of uh, making a save there's better chance of recovery but oftentimes a turnover leads to a two-on-one or three-on-one and those are hard to, to stop yeah yeah i hear you for sure okay well kelly thanks for doing this i hope christmas is awesome of course we'll talk again next week we'll have a battle of alberta to discuss by that point have a yes. great week my man Okay, thanks, Reed. Take care and happy holidays to all your listeners. That is Kelly Rudy, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Head to sentinelstorage.ca.